Welcome to the 150K podcast where we help you go from broke to six figures and beyond. Uh, today, I have with me my special guest, friend, mentor, Marshall Gillen. Um, I met him in person about three weeks ago. I've been following his content for probably about six months. But Marshall, for the people that don't know you, give me a little bit of your background, a little bit of what you're doing now and where you're going. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, dude, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm excited for the launch of your 150K podcast. I think that's that one of the coolest things, Joe, about being able to be here, but also about you you launching this podcast is it's, I, I don't know where the, the listener is today, but I know that a lot of my life, I started eight years ago and I, I knew about my, my craft. And I was really good at it and I loved talking about it, but I just wasn't really good at selling it. And what it turned out is I really wasn't very sure of myself. And so what I love about this podcast and what I love about you taking action and finally launched it, man, is that I know that when I started, it was great to listen to the sales gurus, the Grant Cardones and the Brad Lees and all of the amazing salespeople out there. But for me personally, growing up on the farm in the Midwest, it was like, there was just a little bit of a disconnect. And so for somebody like you to finally rise up out of the, out of the, you know, out of the crowd and to move forward, to help everyday guys and girls who are starting their businesses or thinking about taking a launch, like how to master sales in a way that's relatable. And they can understand like, dude, where were you eight years ago when I was starting this journey, man? Like, so again, it's just an <laughs> honor. It's an, it's an honor to be here on the 150 K podcast. Uh, and if the listeners haven't yet subscribed to it, you definitely should do so. Uh, Joe's got a lot of value and I feel honored to be one of the first people towards the beginning of this. So um, about me, uh, I talk for a living, Joe. I know it's hard to tell uh, that that's what I do, but uh, I talk for a living. And uh, it's interesting because a lot of us, you know, we have something we're really good at when we're a kid. And then if it doesn't fit like in this neat little box that it was supposed to, like when we were in school or at the daycare or with mm -hmm. our grandparents or whatever, you know, it was kind of, kind of beat out of us. And so for me, uh, I wasn't really taught to talk a whole lot. And I kind of always looked at that as kind of a black mark against me. Oh, Marshall's too much. He has too much energy. He never shuts up. And I started to repress a lot of who I actually was. And my, my childhood is basically one of trauma, drug addiction, alcohol abuse, a lot of success, a lot of scholastic success, a lot of athletic success, a lot of community success, but underneath just this tumultuous storm that was just it was no good. And uh, I went through some, some real tough times in my 20s. And towards the end of my 20s, uh, I had a change of fate by chance. I was bartending downtown San Diego. And a guy walked into the bar one day, completely random. And I was doing my whole song and dance behind the bar. And he's like, you should be a motivational speaker. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to deal with this guy tonight. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yep. So I turned around. And I'm like, OK, let's play the game. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, really? Man? I'm like, cool, bro. What do you do? And he's like, you know, he's like 50. And he's like, I'm a motivational speaker. And I was 27 at the time. And it was the first time in my life that I was like, I don't know why, Joe. I, I, God, I divine something. Like, I don't know. But it was like, I just felt all of a sudden I was like, motivational speaker? But like, I'm a, at the time, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm a, just a regular ass bartender. I'm a regular dude. I'm working three jobs. Uh, yeah, I had two DUIs. I have five time college dropout. I had attempted my life in my early twenties. I've been arrested multiple times, toxic relationships, divorced, like all of this crazy stuff. And here I am, you barely keep my head above water. And this guy who does motivational speaking for a living is like, you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you don't even know me. Okay. 
And I think um, what's interesting about that, and I could tell my whole story, but we all have sad stories and they're all traumatic to us. And really the key is not focusing on what we've been through, but harnessing that power. And what I built my brand on over the last five years of doing this motivational speaking is that your mess is your message. Yep. And so when we are able to transform that, I've literally dedicated my life to that. And so it's like, what is a little bit about Marshall? Like that's a little bit about Marshall. I, I've done like, dude, I have all kinds of silly things. Like I, I'm a Guinness world record holder. I've won awards. I, oh, which by the way, congratulations, Mr. Joe Graham on Thank another you. sales, a uh, sales award uh, at, uh, at work, uh, crushing it for the youth. I think you win an award every single time that there's an award to be won. Don't you? I, I have been lately. Yes. I've been, <laughs> I've been getting the awards. I've been winning the quarters. Um, but like yeah. you, it wasn't overnight. It was like right. taking the risk and, um, on another podcast, I tell them all about my story with how I went from same type of thing, being in, yeah. you know, the factory work Midwest, right. doing that thing, right. to turning into actually falling into sales and failing for it, as I like to call it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, I think this is where a lot of people miss, like, I don't want to say miss, but I think where a lot of people are not strong enough in their faith to understand me, even the Bible says you got to meet meet them halfway. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so a lot of people, it's not just enough to have faith because you have to meet God halfway. So you have to take that action and the action looks like something different for all of us, but you never end up taking that aligned or that inspired action until, un, until you overcome whatever that fear or that trauma is that you have inside of you, or at least unless you're willing to. And for mm -hmm. me, the bartending moment when I was like, Oh, I'm going to go do this for you. It's like, Oh, I'm launching the 150 K podcast. Not only that, like there's this amazing program I've put together that's going to change people's lives. It's going to allow them to sell more with more purpose, more line. They're going to make more money and more money means helping more people. And so it's just like, it's one in the same thing. And so for the listeners, it's like, I don't know where, where you may be at right now. If maybe you're like, oh, like Joe and I were when I was behind the bar and he was like working, he was like, oh man, we should, we should change this. Or maybe you've changed it and you're, you've had a little success, but you're like, what is that next thing? Like, all you got to do is continue to have that faith, continue to take action, surround yourself with people who have done it or who are currently in the process of doing it. Like, like if you want to know how to sell a million dollars worth of product, you talk to Joe Graham because he knows how to do that. Like if you want to know how to get paid on stages or how to heal your past trauma, you talk to Marshall Gillen. And so it's like, whatever this is, I, Joe, I think that was the biggest disconnect for me growing up in the Midwest is that nobody told me how, how simple like life was. It was like, just get clear on what you want to do. And then find somebody in the world who's already having success doing it and then just invest time, money, and or energy into them. And just what, they, what you say all the time when we say is collapsing time, close the gap. How can you close the gap? How, if, if, you, if the average man dies at the age of 70 and he's like, man, I wish I knew then what I do now. Like, how can we learn all that seven years of information in the first 30 years, the first 20 years? I mean, heck, dude, I mean, kids these days, like he, Javin, I mean, I'm sure like yeah, he probably retains information at a crazy rate. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it's just we're seeing each generation being more and more in tune to like creating this new lifestyle. But for some reason, it's like the millennials now I'm, I'm 36. So I'm like right at the very, I'm just the cusp of millennial, but even the generation before that's like a lot of us are resistant to starting their own thing. And we wallow in this anger and regret like, Oh, that 70 year old little punk kids making how much money and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, isn't life easy? For like, yeah, that may be true, but it does have nothing to do with him. And like this dream is available for anybody that's willing to take action, have faith and align yourself with the people who, who can help you get there. And I know, I, I think when it comes to, like I said, having faith, it's like, you know, God, God will bless you. I mean, he, your blessings are out there, mm -hmm. but so many people are blocking them because they're unwilling to believe. And so 
I don't know, man. I guess that's a little bit about me. A lot about a, a lot of bit about me. Like who that? But well, hello, thank you for having <laughs> me on the podcast. No, Welcome. that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, going off of that, I agree with you. I think a lot of people get caught up in they either have a dream and they yeah. don't act on it, or they just take a bunch of actions but don't really have a plan to set it in motion. So, I mean, for people starting out or people maybe in their sales career or in their entrepreneur career, and they're say at the beginning of it, they haven't had the five to eight years like you have. They haven't had the 15 years of sales like I have. If you could go back to when you first started, what would be something you would tell yourself, like two or three things that maybe you could do on a consistent basis that would help you get towards your dream more? Like, um, like, like, like towards like more sales or just more my dream in general. I would say dream in general, because if you, with sales, if you solve problems for people, the sales will come. Mm. If you're public speaking and helping people, you're going to do that. So whatever their dream is, there's certain things that people can do processes Mm. that will get them to that. So like when you first started out knowing now what you do, what would you told yourself in the beginning? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I would have told myself. First thing I would have told myself is that I love you, bro. And you can't get this wrong. Yes. And, um, you know, I just, uh, for me, my dad left when I was two, uh, he was a severe alcoholic and I, it's interesting because I remember the the moment, except I don't remember the moment. Uh, I was two years old and I remember my mom and dad fighting in the living room one, one morning, like one afternoon or whatever. And I'm sitting there crying and I'm like, I remember in the moment, like my little kid, I was just so scared, bro. I was like, I was so scared and I was pulling on their, their, their clothes. And I was like, had my juice cup. And I was like, I was trying, I didn't even know what I was thinking. I was like more juice, more juice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have been like maybe two. And uh, I remember them screaming, my dad shaking, but that's all I remember. I just found out about a year ago that what really happened was th- that next moment, my dad threw my mother through the screen door front oh, door wow. uh, onto the lawn where everybody in the, their brother was outside because apparently, I don't know, some crazy stuff happened. And so, and my dad, who's was a, a severe alcoholic, completely reformed now, my best friend, amazing guy. Mm-hmm. But back then he had that, that time. And so it's interesting, dude, because what would I tell myself is, is first off, I would say, I would love you. And I would say, you know, you can't get this wrong, bro. And yeah. then I would take us for, I take myself for a walk. And I would talk about, I would talk about how much I love you and not to get too into it, but it's like, again, that's my experience with my dad. My mother got remarried when I was four to a stepfather who would end, who still is, still is, but ended up being like incredibly, you know, emotionally and verbally abusive to me my whole life, telling me how worthless I was. Uh, He would just, you know, berate me and make fun of me in front of all the men on the farm constantly. I was with him all the time. And, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, you ran inside and you're like, mom, dad's dad said, I like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. yep and I so it, it, it's interesting. So it's like, you know, I grew up with one, uh, this traumatic experience that I didn't understand that didn't make me feel safe. And so it's, I, I never understood why I never felt at home or why I never was able to ever feel safe anywhere, which was actually stemmed from that moment. And then through the PTSD that I suffered be, from being with my stepfather, it's like, I didn't know my whole life that my performance didn't have anything to do with my self-worth. And that's the second thing I would have told myself. I would have said, listen, bro, your performance has absolutely nothing to do with how amazing you are. Because growing up with my dad gone and my stepdad telling me how worthless I was, dude, I was like straight A student, captain of all the football teams my whole life. I was the best at everything, stand out in everything, number one in the community. All the parents loved Marshall Mm -hmm. Gillen, homecoming king, all the stuff. And it was never 
enough. Right. And I never felt anything. And I, I now I know that then I didn't, I, I just, there wasn't enough track meets I could win or touchdowns I could score or anything I could do that would make my, my dad come to one of my games, let alone call me on my birthday or Christmas. And there was absolutely nothing I could do to ever get my stepdad to want to be nice to me like never. And so the second thing I would have said is, dude, it doesn't matter how like your performance is not tied to your self-worth. And then the third thing I would probably say is that your human worth has nothing to do with your net worth. Yep, we, yep. You know, you know Sam, um, just because there's so much value we place on ourselves this day and age and what we do and what we produce and what the outcome, like this Western culture is really the only culture in the whole world that does that, that, mm -hmm. that puts so much emphasis on like what you drive, what you're working, uh, who you hang out with, like all this stuff that doesn't actually matter. And I know I'm not supposed to say four things, but that would, that's the other four thing I would say is like, dude, most of the stuff in your life that you worry about doesn't matter at all. Like, and I don't mean that in a dismissing or, um, you know, uh, the dismissing type of way. I don't miss me to discount anybody. I'm just saying that in general, most of the people in this country, in this world, but in this country for sure, like, and I love America. Like it's not, and I'm, I'm not a political dude. So it's not about that, but I'm just yep. saying like the way that so many people are suffering mental health, mental illness, stress, overwhelm, depression, uh, all these crazy things that entrepreneurs get into. And especially in that 50 to hundred K mark, like once you get to hundred K and you're making $10,000 a month and it's like, it just is like life changes mm -hmm. and, and you start, and it's not even that much money, but you start to, I mean, it is, I don't, again, I don't mean to like disrespect anybody. Uh, it's not that much money, but in the beginning, we start making that, that first 10 K mm -hmm. your whole life changes because you realize that there's not, you don't have to do all these things that you don't actually want to do. Except yep. a lot of people get stuck right in this area because they get into this circle where they think they, they want to build this. I don't know what they want to build and I'm not judging anybody. And it takes all kinds of people to make the world go around and you got to get in where you fit in. We need everybody to, to show up and serve. If you really have a service heart, like you serve, however you're called to serve. But that being said, I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs in this day and age, you know, they really suffer from this, this thing where they think that making more sales is actually what's going to make them happier. When in reality, it's like, no, you got to be happy to make more sales. Yep. And it's like, you look, take a look at Joe Graham, for example, and you look at his home, you look at his life, you look at his principles, you look how he shows up, you look at the type of man that he is, the type of person he shows up in his church and his community, how he talks to his friends. And you, it's, there's no wonder why you're constantly having so much success in what you do. And I think that that's the most important thing. And so it's like, you know, there's all these things I do. We could talk about, all we can talk gangster sales strategy. We could talk, we could talk about anything about levers and pulling. Like I went from being a broke ass bartender to making more money than I ever thought I would make. Like mm -hmm. it, it's crazy. But the reason that people aren't making sales is because of that limiting self-belief that they have inside of them. And I think that's like yep. one of the biggest things that we're not talking about when it comes to making sales. Like, you know, dude, somebody can call it, can give you a call. I bet you 30 minutes with you. I bet, dude, I, I bet you for a grand, somebody could call you up and for 30 minutes, they would a hundred X that information. You know what I mean? And so I think the real conversations and what I love about, you know, having an opportunity to be on a podcast like this is like the real conversations that come and like, what is really actually going to fulfill you in life and in your business? Why are you actually doing this? Most of us think we're doing it for money, but I'm telling you, if you haven't made the money yet, it's not going to fulfill you. If right. you can't be happy in a, if you, if you can't be happy, you know, in a hoopty little Toyota, <laughs> I promise you're not going to be happy in a Lamborghini. Right. Like if you can't be happy with 10 bucks, I promise you, you're not going to be happy with $10,000. It just doesn't work that way.
Yeah. Well, what I found with that, Marshall, is getting above the 100 mark gives you breathing room. It kind of gives you a chance to actually sit back and not worry about the bills as much. You can kind of start dreaming about what you want to do. But you are right. It, the money doesn't change it because after you make 10, 20, 30 Ks in a month, it's yeah. just money. You can only spend so much of it. But the yeah. impact you have on people, how you help people, what you can do for your family, what you can do for your community, whatever it is that works with you. But something yeah. you mentioned, which I think is really good and a lot of people start not need to understand is, and you talked about it, is self-care. Like you said, the first thing mm -hmm. was is I love myself. And as mm -hmm. men, I think that's a lot harder for us to say, especially we grow up in the same thing, yeah. I'm a little bit older than you, I'm 44. Yeah. But I grew up in that culture, Midwest, where you had to be tough. You, you know, you smack your buddy, you don't give your buddy a hug. Mm. And a lot of entrepreneurs and business people, you know, they want to get into, for lack of better words, big dick syndrome. They want to be the man. They want to show what mm -hmm. they have to prove that they're right. But right. in reality, the people that I see being most successful, that at least in my circle, have like a daily habit, a daily routine with self-care, with um, just a bunch of different things like that. So what what is your daily habit look like? And I, mm. I know at the mastermind, we talked about a lot of this stuff and it was very eye-opening for me because I hadn't done some of this stuff before I've been trying to implement it. But yeah. daily habits, I think are important. What would you mm. say is the most important daily habits for you as you hear my pug bark in the background? <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, it's a lot there too, man. Um, first off, I do want to say, like, I don't have a problem with, and not, not that you're saying that, but I, just in case I'm out of context, um, I I love money, and money is amazing, and I yep. think that I think that entrepreneurs are superheroes because there's not a lot of people that have the ability to go out there and manifest money out of nothing just by solving the problem. And so, I think what a lot of listeners should understand is that you have every single reason to be incentivized to learn how to do this really well. To, to feel whole, to be able to learn how to pull these levers, because there's a world out there that absolutely needs you. And it doesn't matter how you're called to serve it, but if it's been put in your heart to make money for what you're good at, God did not put that there by accident. Yeah, and it is not a, a mistake. Thing. Yeah, Correct. it's not a mistake. And so you got to show up and own that. The other thing I would say though, is, um, you know, as, as the entrepreneur thing goes, there's a lot of people that have the big dick syndrome Mm -hmm. And I know that it, it really is tough for people who are just getting into the game. Sometimes they don't feel like they're enough either. And there's a whole lot to unpack in that statement, but I'm just going to kind of be like, um, as far as it comes to daily routine, it really comes down to lifestyle. And so you have to optimize for lifestyle. I mean, that, that's what you should be. That's what everybody should be optimizing for is like, was not, not, not any two for the same. I lived in a luxury high rise at the top of a freaking whatever downtown San Diego, overlooking the ocean, doing all the things, but I, that was the most unhappy I'd ever been. I'm mm -hmm. more happy right now in my freaking boots yep. and, you know, being out here. And so for me to say, Oh, what is my daily routine? Like it, it depends. Like it depends on what your goals are. It depends on what your vision is. It depends on the clarity that you have. Why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? And if I feel like as a person, if you don't have a definitive, definitive answer on why you're doing what you're doing, then it's hard to have a routine. Now I will say, and, and I'm very, I'm passionate about that. Cause I talked to like, well, that's the whole thing. You have to know why it comes down to clarity. You can't, God's not going to give you what you don't ask for. It says, ask right. you shall yep. receive. Right. And so it's like, I, there's so many people out there that, that just don't have that clarity because they're not owning like 
their power. They're not, they're not choosing to show up. And so again, I'll, I mean, I'll share my daily routine, but it's like, I just want to caution the listener. It's like, I'll tell you my daily routine, but what I do may not be best for you. Like right. you really got to get clear on what you want, where you're going and what it is from there. It all comes down for me to have it in routine because the problem is, is I think that this is like a cool way to put it. It's like, people got to understand we have a, a conscious and subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is like 5%. The subconscious mind is like 95% of what controls our experience. So our, our, our conscious mind, which is here in the frontal cortex, right? Mm-hmm. It processes 40 bits of information per second, 40 bits of information per second. Our subconscious mind processes 40 million bits of information yeah. per second, literally 1 million times more information per second than our, than our conscious brain. Why this matters is because when we get into high stress situations, high pressure situations, whether a tiger is chasing us or it's road rage or a boss is being a jerk or we're fighting with our spouse or kids are driving us nuts or whatever, our, our, we are evolutionary pro- programmed by evolution to close off the frontal cortex, which is a conscious way of thinking and to go into fight or flight, which is controlled by that, by that, by our, our subconscious mind. And we act habitually. And so it's very, very important. I think when it comes down to self-care again, optimizing for your lifestyle, but understanding what can I take control of in my daily routine, my self-care routine to allow myself to reprogram my subconscious mind. How can I make myself the best so I'm habitually the best. So <laughs> when high pressure situations come, I, I keep my cool. I'm finding it. You know, a lot of the mentors and the gurus I follow when it comes to different kinds of practices, they talk about basically we all just want peace, love, and joy. We want to be, we want to feel peace in our heart. We want to feel love and affection with our relationships. We want to feel joy in the things that we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And it really just boils down to that. And if you are living your daily life and you are not routinely if not indefinitely feeling peace, love, and joy with how you exist and what you do, then there's probably a severe disconnect or misalignment in in your way of being. And so when it comes down to your self-care or your daily routine, it just goes, okay, cool. Optimizing to get better each day. For me, I, I, I have a lifestyle where I make enough money from my phone where Mm -hmm. I get to work remotely. And so my, you know, when I, when I talk about my lifestyle, it's hard for a lot of people because I'm so free. I don't have kids. I don't have a family. And so I wake up early, man, like a no alarm clock. My body just wakes up about five o'clock in the morning. And, um, and again, I, I want to caution the listener that my routine right now is pretty optimal. I get pretty optimal results in my life, but it took me a really long time to get here. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I wake up in the morning about five o'clock and uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay. I wake up every morning uh, about five o'clock. I have a big, I put a big cheesy smile on my face right away. And I say, thank you so much. I do it just like that. I go, thank you so much. And then I, <laughs> awesome. put, I put my, I do, I put my feet on the ground and I have a bunch of like post-it notes, affirmations mm-hmm. all on my wall. And I'll be like, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, I, we're so good at giving people info. I know our listeners can relate to this. We're all so good at giving people uh, advice or mm-hmm. rooting people out. Or like, we're all good at that. For listening, if you're listening to this, I promise you, you're like us. And I know, so I know that you're good at, at giving people advice and cheering them on, but we always suck at giving it to ourselves. Yes. And so <laughs> I just, I just accepted that a long time ago. And I decided it was one of those things I wanted to practice on mastering. And so I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Ooh, thank you. And I hop out of bed and I look at my, my wall and I'm like, I'm saying all the things, but I'm saying it from this place where I'm, where I'm me, Marshall Gill and the ego, but I'm also my higher self, my conscious observer. 
and my playing that conscious observer has changed my life. But I wake up from these two things and I'm like cheering myself on. I'm like, oh, bro, you're a warrior. You're worthy. Like, this is what's up. And um, so I, I, but I'm a high energy guy. So that doesn't mm-hmm. work for everybody. So anyways, I get up and I do that. Literally, I mean, like whatever, it takes like 30 seconds. I don't know. And I go out and drink some water and then I meditate and stretch and I breathe. Um, and then I go to the gym and then I come home and I take a cold dip. Uh, and then I go to work for, I, uh, I go to work, <laughs> I go to work for like, um, two hours a day and then I'll make a piece of content like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then usually I'm bebopping around doing nothing like, well, that's not true. Not, not, nothing. I live here in Montana. So it's like, I'm bebopping around in, in the mountains all the time, or I'm out camping or I'm doing this. Uh, I'm getting ready to move to Columbia to, uh, mm-hmm. like in a month time of shooting this podcast. So it's just like, I don't know how my daily routine is going to look as it, as it changes, but a few non-negotiables always for me are breath work, meditation, stretching, and working out and hydration and sleep. But there's, I mean, there's like a lot of things. I mean, really how we start our day. And I know, you know, Joe begins the night before. And if more people realized how to reprogram their subconscious mind before they went to bed, because what most people do when they lay down and go to bed is they go through the mental checklist of everything they fucked up for the day. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I sucked at this. How am I going to do that? didn't pay this. Okay, great. Got all this. Like, and so we literally go, we in that state when we're falling asleep and waking up, we're in theta state, which is uh brain waves are most susceptible to sponging in information. And so it's like, again, I know I'm beating this on and on and on, but I'm just, when it comes to routine, you guys, routine and habit is so mm-hmm. vitally important to your success, but you have to, um, you have to figure out what works for you. And so to read Hal, Hal El, uh, Elrod's like Miracle Morning or, or all the bajillion other books uh, out there, they're good, but to try to model somebody else's is, is never going to work. And so what I recommend is taking a collection of all the things and trying them out. Um, Aubrey Marcus is somebody I follow a lot. And he has a book called Own the Morning, Own the Day, Win the Morning, Own the Day. Google mm-hmm. Aubrey Marcus, it'll come up. And it's a fantastic book about how to, really hack your body's like your, your, your body's biology, how to hack biohack basically your body. And he talks about it through a sacred kind of way, but it's literally, it's like, dude, the things I do, the meditation, the breath work, getting in cold water every single day, uh, being out in nature, drinking this water, being still yep. having these nighttime routines. Like this is what's reprogramming my subconscious mind to allow me to attract the things that I want. And so it's not that crazy. It's literally just science. And so when it comes down to routine, it's like, man, again, I, it's so important, but you really, got, I can't stress enough how important it is to figure out what works for you. Yeah, no, definitely I agree. Being still, I agree. Yeah. Cause my routine's different. So I get up, I go to work at seven 30 ish. So I get about six. I really, I get up, I drink a cup of coffee. I get out the door. Cause I just, that's just what I do. And I end up listening to a podcast going into work. I do all my mm meditation and working out and all typically in the afternoon. I've just found that's worked Mm. out well for me. Um, You know, everyone has different things that, you know, fuel their soul or whatever. Mm. Um, But I think that first part of the day, I'm filling my mind with something positive, whether it be your podcast or someone else's podcast, just listening and going into work. Um, But just getting a routine, especially for salespeople, um, Mm. having a structured routine is huge. Um, I found for me when I started actually scheduling my day, um, cause mm-hmm. a lot of people listening to this are working still. I was a lot more effective. Um, you know, yeah. the ultimate goal is to get to be where you are, where you can work from home and well, do no, dude, for, for my, a lot my, of people, my, not for everybody, my, but for a lot of people, my calendar, my calendar's blocked out. My whole entire day is scheduled. Like I know I, my week is planned the week before. 
yep. um, and my entire day is scheduled out. There's, there's not ever time that's not allotted for or planned out in my schedule, but that's what gives me the ultimate freedom. I think that's the thing that people miss. It's like people stack so much shit to do in their, on their day. And mm-hmm. it's like, none of it actually has anything to do with what they actually want to do and create in this world. And so for people that are still working, and like, that's why I love about what you're doing, man. In this show, it's like taking action and, and changing your narrative. Like, you're like, dude, I want to help people. I'm like, you should help people. You're like, I'm helping people. Right. And so it's like, you know, again, it's, uh, it, but again, who, who said it Zig Ziglar or, uh, you don't start the day until you, you don't, uh, yeah, you don't start your day until you finish your day. You don't start your month until you finish your month. You don't start your year until you finish your year, Jim Rome or Zig Ziglar. I can't remember one of the two, but it's so true. And so when it comes down to even having more freedom or daily routine, you, again, it's like, you're right, dude. Like you've got the, to the listeners, you've got to block time blocking changes, everything. Yes. Have you read the book? Um, have you read the book? Uh, the one thing by Gary Keller? Not yet. Oh, dude, well you, you don't probably, it doesn't seem like you have a problem with that, but to the listeners, if you haven't read the one thing by Gary Keller, uh, go out, get it, get on, on whatever, uh, audible. It is a fantastic book and it will help you get rid of all the minutia uh, that you do. And it will help you focus. Like it's for me, it's probably one of the, probably one of the very, very top goal setting in like productivity books that I I've read. Um, and it, and that's where you're right, dude, time blocking, time blocking changed my life. Mine too. Because Mine too. I'm, the, I'm the type of guy that's like, Oh no, I got it. Like I got it. You know, mm-hmm. like, bro, I did never had it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's what like we like talked about Well, with me, it was, I was forced into it because I was getting too distracted. So I started out in sales, like a lot of people fell into it and just fell forward and seeing all these people succeeding. And I was just trying to do go, 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 attack, attack, attack. But what I realized was I made it all about me. So when I started to slow down and realize if I make this about them, And then I started blocking out times to call people. I started blocking out times to follow up. I just started mapping my day and you do the right things over and over again. You get success. Success is really boring. I do the same thing every day. I I call people, I make presentations, I follow up, I call people, I make presentations, I follow up, I give them solutions. That's it. That's sales in a... But we try to make it too hard. We want it always to be the yeah. home run. And in reality, it's base hit after base hit. That's it, dude. It's not sexy. It's like, you know, that's why I was telling people some of the other days, like, that's why I post the same crap on my Instagram story every day. Oh, look, Marshall at the gym. Oh, look, Marshall getting in a cold tub. Because I'm like, yeah, I want you guys to see that success is monotonous. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, one, it's a one-day routine is really what I call it. Um, but you're right, man. Like, you're so right. It's, that, that's all it comes down to. Uh, did you find yeah. that the gym helped you? Cause I found that working, I work out, oh, bro. Home, but working out has helped me. It made me understand that yeah. point I just mentioned that time oh. over tension, eating, mm-hmm. right, lifting, doing the things you, you need 100%. to. And then it also let me realize when I go off the track and go on holiday mode that I get oh. messed up and I'm like, Oh crap. I need to go yeah. back to the certain principles I was doing to, yeah. you know, get back on track. Hundred percent, um, dude. So working out is what changed my life. I was tw- I've always been kind of a natural athlete, but I I'm a I I don't get reception at my cabin, so I have to drive mm-hmm. into town. So I'm sitting in my car, <laughs> and there's a gigantic raccoon. Gigantic raccoon, <laughs> crazy. Go raccoon! 
Yeah, bro. Uh, gigantic raccoon. Sorry, I was a little distracted. No worries, um, no worries. So fitness has changed my life. And every successful person I know, on uh, whatever measure that you, whether whatever your success is, um, they, they work out in some mm-hmm. shape or form. Like they take care of their vessel, it's their temple, they take care of their body. For me, I was always a natural athlete, but I was always the guy like in, uh, in high school and stuff that was like kind of skipping out on the gym or wait till the coaches mm-hmm. would leave and I'd dip out. So I never really worked out. But at the age of 27, I was pretty burnt out and down on my luck. And I was working at a really fancy resort in, in California, Hotel Del Cali- Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, world-renowned resort. And I was working with a bunch of kids, dude, like a bunch of 16-year-olds that were like, like high school kids. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I had scholarships. I had amazing jobs. I'm like, then you're 27. I'm like, where did I go wrong? I'm thinking as I'm folding towels for this $10 an hour job that I have to ride the bus to because I don't have a car because I'm so broke. Mm-hmm. And so... um. I'll never forget, man. I'm folding towels one day and uh, I hear this gate open up down at the pool and I see these shoes start coming down the thing. And I was like, oh, who's this? Because I don't recognize the shoes. Because you know when you work somewhere, you start to recognize something so much. Yep. I'm like, I don't recognize those shoes coming down. Like, <laughs> and and uh, the this, this woman appeared and she was like the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, dude. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, I fell in love with her, but she was really hard on me because she was 27. She was like, what are, you're a slap dick. What are you doing working here? You know how mm-hmm. you were the branch manager of a bank to work in here. Like, and so, um, it's interesting because I remember as we started to uh, build this relationship over the weeks, I started to sit there and think like, man, what kind of guy gets to be with a girl like that? And I didn't know now, bro, this is it. This is the story about fitness is how I learned about goal setting. It's how I literally changed my life because I had never asked myself a question like that. At the time of my life, I had never expanded my awareness enough to even think of something like that. So instead of judging somebody, I was just like, man, and I don't know, well, God gave it to me, but I was like, what kind of guy gets to date a girl like that? And I was thinking, I bet he works out, probably has a vehicle. Like he's probably not drinking and partying every week or every night of the week. And so I decided there's a gym right here. I get to use it for free. I should just go try it out. Yep. I knew what I was doing, kind of did some studying and the first 40 days, my body like transformed. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, (laughs) is this what a plan and consistency looks like? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I know it's a lot of listeners, but at the time at 27, I didn't have any concept. I remember going home and looking myself in the mirror and I was like, I wonder what else I could apply this to in my life. I, mm-hmm. If this works with my body, what, and that was literally what started changing my life. And so fitness to me is very important because it, it it's the tangible like anchor in reality that reminds me that like, if I can push through these things. I'm, I'm a warrior. I'm like, I can do anything. And it's changed since then. But yeah, dude, for me, working out is everything, obviously hormonally and the way your body functions, like the, all the science and all, all the things say working out. I just think it's important to remember that for people to remember that your fitness is a journey. Mm-hmm. And so your journey is different for whatever. You don't have to lift weights or do anything. Um, but I love lifting. I love freaking doing all kinds of crazy workouts. I love running and jumping and tossing, but, uh, yeah, to me, it's, um, it's everything. No, that's good. I, I mean, I work, I like lifting weights and I like walking. I used yeah. to run a lot and play basketball, but I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah. like running unless I have to at this point. <laughs> people, always, people always ask me, like, somebody just came up to me in the, the gym this morning. And it happens to me quite frequently. And they'll be like, bro, what are you training for? And just because like when I'm in the gym, I'm just 
I'm not like an intense guy, like throwing around weights or grunting. I don't do any of that, but the pace and just the energy, like I'm an intense dude at the gym and people can feel that. And so I've had people always come up and tell me like, dude, you, you always make me work out harder, this and that. And so people are funny. Like, what are you training for? I'm like, I always used to say the end of the world, like as a mm-hmm. joke, literally as a joke. <laughs> I was like, dude, the end of the world. But now as I'm like getting older and stuff, like the guy, he's like, what are you training for? I'm like, bro, the apocalypse, you know, like, what are you training for, man? But fucking tough mutter. And so, um, and I'm just, I'm just teasing to everybody yeah. out there, but, um, but uh, yeah, like uh, it's funny. Cause I just always been that person. And so um, teach their, to everybody, like, dude, you just got to get on your fit. Just go move your body, stretch your body, move your body, be still in your body and consciously breathing your body. If you do those four things as part of a self-care practice, man, you're halfway, you're more than halfway there. You're gonna have it licked in no time. Yep. Yep. And I found it helps change mindset. Like when I lift, if I don't lift for a few days, I have issues, mm. but oh, like if time. I lift, it will get me in the right mindset, almost like an anchor. I know in sales, we talk about this a lot, getting into the right mindset. Cause when you're going to go talk to clients and all yeah. you put on your sales thing, that's just what we do. Yeah. But like, I know when I lift, um, it just puts me in the right mindset to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, hundred percent. I mean, like after I do my little song and dance, I go to the bathroom and do my thing, but then I come out and it's like silence, you know? And I, and I'm literally feel like I, I just, I, I really am feeling my body. Like I'm embodying. And I think it's so important. We're talking about physical health. We've been talking about routine, about working out. Like the, the f- whole first chunk of my day is set up to serving myself mm-hmm. and to really, to really being in my body. And so it's like, that's like, and same thing with a lot of people's routines. Like the reason that I do that, it's like, if, you know, I was living in a cave or back in the native American days or the Aztec days, you know, where my ancestors come from, it's like, if it was back then they woke up, they came out of their hut and they stretched their body. They got ready for the day because it was like, okay, we got to get, so it was not like, Oh, I'm going to wake up, grab my spear and I'm running off to fucking hunt. Like, yep. you know, and there's all kinds of people like, so for me, it's like this working out this, this self-care, creating a lifestyle, optimizing for better sales, for a better life. I mean, working out and taking care of your stress and having like, will help you love better. It'll help you more intimacy, like in all areas of your life. And so it's like, you know, waking up in the morning for me. And I would say for anybody, dude, stretch your body, breathe, sit still for a second for 10 minutes. And every time you have a thought, just get rid of it and then do some kind of a quick workout. And again, Joe, you, you know, it's different for everybody. Some people got work, some people it's, it's different things, but if you can get that in first thing in the morning and science even proves that they've done, they've done countless amounts of studying versus working out in the morning, moving your body in the morning versus the afternoon versus the evening and time and time and time again, the morning time, it just, because again, you're in th- you're, you're still basically asleep. It's not magic. It's just science. Your, your brain waves in theta state. They're the most susceptible. It's when your subconscious can be can really be influenced it's like gates wide open and so right before you go to sleep and right when you're waking up if you can optimize your self-care routines an hour before you go to bed and an hour to yourself in the morning 30 minutes at minimum in the morning and in the and in the, in the evening and, I, and your whole life will change you want more sales like your whole life will change if you can master your body and master your breath yep mind, body, and soul, but you can master those two things, your body and your breath. And you, and you can set these habits and routines that reprogram your subconscious mind. So you're habitually working more calmly through stress. You will produce better. You will be more happy and loving, which will yield you more sales. Your wife will love you more. Your kids will want to be around you. Like it's a win-win for everybody, right? You just got to slow down though and and get to know yourself and uh, accept yourself and then work on yourself. 
And I think that that's an excellent point. I think a lot of times people get caught up in trying to be Superman and they forget about themselves. And then you see the guy that will go, 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 or the gal, and then they'll yeah. burn out. And they're just, you know, they do good for a little bit and then they fall away. But I mean, just from what we've been talking about yeah. today so far, love but yourself, that, take care of yourself, yeah. have a routine, but make sure that, you know, you are important enough to take time for yourself, which I think is very right. hard for a typical sales type of people because we don't right. want to slow down. Like I have a problem with it. Like I have to, since the mastermind, I've been going and sitting and I started out with five minutes and I've gotten up yeah. to eight minutes of just yeah. sitting with myself. And right. uh, I found it's actually very therapeutic. In the beginning, 100%. I was like, this is weird. I kept looking at my timer. Um, right. Cause I did set a timer, but yeah. <laughs> it's just gotten yeah. better. No, with you that. should. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, listen, like, yeah, I, I, I get it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, most of us out there are like that. And it's exactly why most people need to slow down. And again, I, we started the pod, the episode off and I can't say it enough. Like, and you hit the nail on the head, most people burn out. And even for you, Joe, like the, the, the feeling to need to constantly be on the go, it's rooted from somewhere. It's not just mm -hmm. you, it's everybody, it's human evolution. So when I started the beginning of the podcast, and I'm not saying for you, I'm just saying in general for people, there's usually outrunning some sort of hurt or pain from the past, oh, yeah. something they weren't good enough when they were a child. And dude, I would spend my whole, I've been in sales my whole life. Like I, you know, when I was, I've worked in call centers, I've been freaking selling via phone, knocking on doors. I mean, when you don't have a college degree and you're a drug addict and, and a partier, like not that you are, but I like, you. You can, yeah. yeah, like, you know, sales, yeah, mm -hmm. you are not a very typical salesperson. Right. And so a lot of us salespeople, and same thing, I was a bartender for 12 years, same thing, in the service industry, a lot of these high performers and high active people were outrun, they're outrunning something there and they don't even, most of them don't even know it. And they don't, they would never realize because they didn't have any, they, there's no awareness of like, oh, I'm trying to perform as much as I can because somewhere I feel like that'll validate me. And if I can validate and help yep. a bunch of people and prove to them and show them how much I love them, then oh, surely they'll love it and respect me. And mm -hmm. that problem was like, dude, you're no, nobody that's listening to this is ever going to take time to actually do what we're talking about until they go back and they, and they work through the shit that they've been through yep. and they accept it and they forgive themselves and they, and they resolve that pain and trauma because otherwise it's always going to, it's always going to continue. It, it's, if you're the type of person that has to do, you have to figure out how to slow down because mm -hmm. I promise you, you're going to die on your bed and you're going to be like, damn, I, I died with something empty in my heart because there's the purpose of life is not in the future. So doing, there's no, doing is not the purpose of life. I mean, there's an action to, to this whole entire aspect, obviously, but it's like for people that are listening, especially salespeople, and if there's any service industry people, for whatever reason, if you bartenders or servers are part-time salespeople are doing that for the love of God, you are enough. I love you. Your performance is not based on yourself or on your, your self-worth is not based on your performance and your net worth does not determine your human worth. The three things I said, I would tell myself, that's what I'm telling you guys. Like, listen, it, life is not that serious. We're all going to die. We can't, we can't change it. And so if you could do anything and be anything, who would you do and be? And most of us aren't, aren't brave enough to, to dream that because of, we're too scared of whatever subconscious program we have from the past. And as soon as you can go in the back and you can redo those wires, you can change your present, you can change your future, and you can start to be all these things. And you can do exactly what Joe's been talking about, exactly what I've been talking about and start and do whatever you want to do. And it's really, I think people, Joe, and I think you would agree, right? Like we all just really want freedom. It's mm -hmm. not even about having a bunch of money. It's about, we just want to have the freedom 
to be able to not necessarily do what we want, but do what we want, you know, to the high achievers that are actually making a lot of money and have a lot of abundance. Again, they understand there's an action behind it. You don't just get to do nothing and get a lot. It's not how the universe works. Um, but you know, when you, when you are moving from a healed spot from, but, but from inspired action, when you are feeling inspired, we talked about that at the mastermind, right? Do have be versus be have do. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you can't wake up every morning and ask what you got to do. And you got to wake up in the morning and ask who you have to be. And so, um, yeah, what a good conversation, man. No, no, this is good. I love it. Um, and I guess, like we were saying, I think a lot of times high achievers are chafing that validation or they are chasing the, I need to be, get my worth externally, where, in fact, you need to get it internally. You need to learn to right. love yourself, which is but a lot of people, they, they don't even know that though. That's the thing. Like, and, and most people aren't doing it maliciously. Like, no, it's no. not like they're so setting out to do it. Like they don't need, I never even realized it, dude. I mm-hmm. remember 2019, I was sitting on my couch and my, and my thing, I was having the worst two months. And my then girlfriend looked at me, she's like, I think you're experiencing burnout. And I was like, what? Uh, what burnout? I Google started Googling it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I'm burned out. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And which obviously we know is like, there's actual physical symptoms. Your adrenals are burned out and like so on and so forth. But, um, it's a real thing. And again, I didn't even know dude that I was trying to, I didn't know I was doing out trying to outrun that. And so not to be like a weirdo, because I don't want to disconnect from the audience too much. But we got to understand that our feelings are nothing more than a barometer mm-hmm. to how how aligned we are for what for fulfilling this life's purpose. Like when you're in your purpose, it, it feels like one of those times when you're driving down the road on a nice summer Ohio day and the windows are down. And for me, there's some country, oh, four, four, four. There's some country music that's blasting on the radios and the wind's blowing, the sun's shining. Mm-hmm. And like I had my, my babies next to me. It's just like, could it get any better than this? <laughs> that, like, that's what being in your sacred purpose feels like. And anything else that you're experiencing that's not that is telling you, hey, yo, homegirl, you're this far away from what you're supposed to be feeling right now. Not supposed to be feeling, but what you want to be experiencing. Yep. And are you always going to be there? Absolutely not. But that's the part of the joy of life. But again, I think it's just so important what, what you're saying, dude. It's um, you, you gotta, you gotta you really got to find yourself. And I love that you say that, like, it's been how I love that you say it's been therapeutic to just sit still because um, it should be. And so Mm -hmm. uh, it it makes me smile to hear that. I hope more people follow your lead and try it out. Yeah. That's, that's probably like, I learned a lot of stuff at the mastermind, but that's probably been the best thing I've been able to apply. I try to apply every day. I haven't hit it every day, but I'm trying to apply it every day. Um, Dude, you got to get on it, man. Yep. Listen, yeah. bro, we live in an energetic universe. Like God made it this way. It's just science. If you can visualize it, you can be still and get rid of all the distractions that comes to you. Mm-hmm. It's not magic. It's literally just science. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to start texting you every morning, bro. I'm be like, listen, Joe, 60 seconds go. And just like, I'm going to be up your butt about it now. That's good. Like, That's good. Time? Did you take time to be still yet, dude. Uh, it's happening, it's happening today. Yep. It will okay, happen cool. today. I have a little spot okay. that I have between like by my house and there's a park and I just yeah. go there and it works. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to let slide for now. I, I want to hear you meditate more. I would be, and not even just the people I'm not talking about sitting down and being meditating. Like you don't have to be, if that makes you feel weird, just take your cup of coffee outside on the deck and stare off into the sky for one minute or stare at the trees for one minute and feel your breath and feel your heartbeat. Just, Stare at mm-hmm. the trees and concentrate in your heartbeat and feel your breath. That's meditating. So anyways, 
No, that's sorry. good. That's definitely good. Oh, no, you don't have to be sorry. Do you not have to be sorry? That's good. <laughs> it's good stuff. You need to have friends. I told you guys I talk a lot. <laughs> I can't help it. That's I good. talk a no, lot. No, that's good. That's good. So last question, because we've been going for about 50 minutes right now. Word. Uh, if you could leave the listener with one piece of advice, it can be a statement, it can be a summary of what you just said, whatever that mm-hmm. is. And you knew yeah. this was the one statement I would tell, and you can even use it as yourself, myself when I started out, or you know, mm. someone just starting out. What would that be? Oh, bro, I got chills right now. I just got a download from God. Uh, I've never said this before, and I didn't, I wasn't thinking about this. It just came to me, but I'm gonna start using this now. Um, so if I had one thing to say, uh, obviously the thing I just said in the beginning of the podcast, which is your message, your me- uh, your mess is your message, because. That was literally the phrase that there's a lot of life changing moments I've had, but I show up every day to ha- ready to have my life changed. But that moment, I will never forget where I was at changed my life. So I was, if I, if I was to leave the listeners with one thing, what I would say now, which is what just came to me is your message, your medicine and understanding that you have the ability to heal other people as long as you're willing to administer your medicine. So all of the experience, all of the knowledge, everything that you've been through, everything that you've survived, like if you could take all of that and bottle it up and you could give that to you from one year ago or you from five years ago or you from 10 years ago and they could drink that medicine, they would know that they're not going to die 10 years ago. They would know that everything doesn't fall apart five years ago or they would know, hey, everything fell apart five years ago, but it's, it, gets, it got a lot better. Yes, And I think yes. that too much of us are, we compare because, and I hate social media for this reason, but I also love it because it's a great tool, but People don't use it very responsibly at all. And so we get in this habit of comparing ourselves to everybody, comparing ourselves to the top 0.0001% of the people on the planet earth, 0.0000001%. Like I just heard on a podcast earlier today, if you make $100,000, you're one-tenth of 1% of the world's population. Yeah. $100,000 or more. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Right. And so I think that it's just important to remember. It's like, you know, all that experience that you have can help somebody, but we get so busy comparing ourselves and then judging self judging. I'm not good enough. I'm all these things, all these limitations that we think that we're not qualified or that we shouldn't, or nobody will care that give our medicine to people. And so that's what I would leave the, the, the listeners with. If you've ever had God put a thought or a feeling inside of you that made you feel like you wanted to somehow help people, it's not a mistake. It's there for you. He wants you to take action on it. And all you got to do is subscribe to the 150K podcast and follow Joe and he'll tell you exactly how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people, because I know a lot of people are going to want to find you and your stuff. Yeah. Where can they find you at? Dude, they they can find me outside. Just open your door and be like, hey, Marsh. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, No, a little Rocky homage there. God dang it. Am I dating myself? This is terrible. Uh, so literally I, there's lots of things you can find me at. Uh, if you guys follow me on social media is the best way though. You guys follow at Marshall Gillen. Uh, you guys can follow all of my shenanigans, all of my outdoor stuff. And I got a lot of cool stuff going on over at our page anyways. Like we're making content. I got my Marshall Gillen show. We're doing live interviews every single day, which has been really, really cool. I've been learning a ton. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys go over to the page, you can actually join me for a free meditation every single Sunday got the kinks worked out finally. So I'm pretty excited about that. And so for a lot of people who are disconnected or feel weird, like 
I created a weird little space that you can feel safe in. So if you just want to come in my weird little space, we can be weird for a second and I'll show you how cool it is to meditate. Otherwise, you guys should probably come out to one of my retreats if you guys are listening to this. If you guys are into being weird, law of attraction and uh, sacred healing, then it might be real right up your alley. Other than that, though, man, just follow me. Like, let's just be friends. We'll be pals and uh, like real people. And we'll like uh, share some gestures and some and stuff. <laughs> awesome. No, and I highly recommend your retreat. First one I've ever went to. Yeah. Life changing was great. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate. Was- I do. I appreciate you being there, man. And, and it was not supposed to. That's not what you signed up for. And so to come and and to take part of it, um, and to hear that there was transformation and something that you probably actually needed, which I know it was not mm-hmm. a mistake. Um, and obviously, uh, it was awesome. But oh, it yeah. was like again, I told you guys there. You know, it's just as much for me affirmation because I, it's like God is we're, what what's seeking us is also or what we're seeking is also seeking us. And so it was a really cool experience. And I'll, I'll always honor you for, for being there, my friend. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm so happy for you and uh, just to be real friends with you actually and get to chat with you and, and watch you start the progress of building this business and to be able to support you however I can. Uh, and, it, you know, it all came from just this one little retreat we had. And so, you know, they're going to be, completely different than they were there, but like 10 times more powerful. So I'm glad to hear that and uh, honored to be here with you, my friend. Thank you for having me on the show and uh, a pleasure is all mine. I, I got to get you on my show soon so we can open up, get you all opened up and figure out what, what's been going on inside of Joe. Awesome. No, I appreciate that. So this is the first episode. So I'm going to make an ask right now. So I want you to be oh, on the hundred. Oh, this is the first one. This is the very first episode that I'm doing. Oh, You're first. Go. I have seven more people already set up. So I've just been taking action, kind of doing a little bit each and every day, but I want you to be on my hundredth because yeah, that gives dude. me a goal. So I got to get 99 more people to talk to you so that we can 100%. wrap it or we could even do it Bro, faster than that, but I at least want you no, to get hundredth episode. No, let's do That would be amazing. Let's, let's set it. Uh, let's set it for a hundred and we'll both, we'll both see, we'll both set it as a barometer. Cause if I, if I, if I haven't started reaching my goals and you're at like episode like 86, I'm be like, damn, I got to get out my yep. stuff, man. So we'll aim for, we'll aim for hundred. That'd be really cool. Um, I can send you some guests or make some connections to some, some people. If you, uh, if you need me to be happy, more than happy to do that. And again, dude, thank you so much for, for having me on. This was such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to the 150 K podcast. Um, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe, like comment. Uh, this should be going live in two weeks. Cool.